Hi, Richie. Hi, Sen. Tell us what we're doing here today. You wanted to talk about Ghostwire Tokyo. And before we start, there is a subreddit for Ghostwire Tokyo. You can find it at reddit.com slash r slash ghostwire tokyo. And there's also a Discord that goes with it. Both of them are run by a super nice, chill person named N3DS Dude. And I'd recommend if you're into Ghostwire Tokyo to check them out. And I'm gonna link both of them below. Okay. So today we're going to talk about the Ghostwire Tokyo trailer because that's about the only information we have about the game. Yep. It's it's longer and shows off more than the Elden Ring trailer. It's true, it does. And we got over an hour out of that. <laughs> so get comfy. <laughs> Ghostwire Tokyo is being developed by Tango Gameworks. Do you know them at all? I don't know them, but I know it's a Shinji Mikami like production, and I know who he is. So let me tell you a little about him. Okay. Tango Gameworks is a Japanese video game developer. They're based in Tokyo. They were founded in 2010 by Shinji Mikami. Yep. And He's known for directing the first Resident Evil and the first Dino Crisis. Yeah. And did you know that he's referred to as the father of survival horror? Resident Evil's the game that came up with the term survival horror. Like, that was the name he came up with for the for the gameplay design. Awesome. We talked about this another time when we were discussing Resident Evil, because you streamed a bit of that, like, a couple of weeks ago. That Resident Evil is very heavily based on an, an NES game called Sweet Home. Mm-hmm. And it also draws a lot from the game Alone in the Dark. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not that he invented everything there. It's that Resident Evil kind of codified. This is how this genre will work from now on. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah, and Tango Gameworks uh, was acquired by Zenimax Media in, like, late 2010. And a few years later, they released uh, Evil Within and Evil Within 2. Yeah. So, Ghostwire Tokyo was showcased at E3. Have you seen that presentation? I saw the whole Bethesda thing, and then after that, I when you said you wanted to talk about it, I watched it again separately. Mm-hmm. And it was the creative director of Ghostwire, Ikumi Nakamura, who did the presentation. Yep. And you know how she was cute and adorable and positive? Yeah. She also made this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah. yeah then that, that checks out. <laughs> Equally adorable. No, it does, because, like, <laughs> ev- everyone I know who is into, like, completely fucked up, dark, gory stuff is the nicest person in existence. Oh. So what we know about the game from the presentation is yeah. It's a new kind of action adventure game, not the typical survivor horror they're known for. Mhm. It's spooky with an element of a cult. 
people are vanishing in Tokyo, and we must find out why. Yep. Okay. You and I have already seen the trailer separately. Yes. But before looking at the trailer frame by frame, we're going to contextualize some elements that we saw in the trailer. And so we'll generally talk about Lovecraft, Evaporated People, Shinto, Onryo, Red Lilies, Honey Masks, and the name itself. Okay. Okay. So, we do know that the game will have an element of a cult, as mentioned in the presentation. And the name Ghostwire. Bully. <laughs> it's got ghost in the name. But ghost could mean I anything. I mean, to be fair, like, go- yeah, it could, be, it could be like Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. Well, there you go. You just played yourself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, okay, Richie, when someone talks about the occult, what's the first thing you think of? Uh, you get a bonus fighting the gold sentinels in an Orlando. And also against Gwendolyn. <laughs> what's the second thing you think of? Mystical dark stuff. Which is usually associated with... Ghosts. Please read the first thing on the outline I sent you. I don't have it. It's scolded off the screen. <laughs> you sent me it a couple of days ago. We've been talking oh since then. <laughs> I'll okay, just scroll Richie. up past the meme of the cat with the dumbbell. <laughs> past you telling me to go to bed. Past you telling me to wake up. Past a Funko Pop of the Joker. Okay. <laughs> Go to the most recent. I just sent it to you. What does it say? You just sent me the word Lovecraft brackets Richie. Oh, you think of Lovecraft. Well, Richie, <laughs> tell us more about it. This was supposed to be like a smooth transition. The, oh the my outline God. is just the word bully? Lovecraft. You know, I'm nervous. You know, I don't talk well in front of people. You're not in front of anyone. You're a people. I have a lot of notes to read through, so I'm doing my best to keep myself calm and composed because I'm very nervous right now. And what do you do, Richie? Are you helping anything at all? When I hear the word occult, (laughs) I think of Lovecraft. Can you tell us a bit more about Lovecraft? H.P. Lovecraft was a pulp horror writer in the 1930s, and he is a very influential writer because he was one of the leading figures in a literary movement that we call weird fiction, which was a response to and reaction to an evolution from the current, like, horror tropes that people were working with, that it moved on from that. And it is it is talked about as though it is a, a sort of modernist kind of horror that grew out of the sort of social unrest at, toward the end of the Victorian era and the beginning of the First World War. The... Um, Kind of like I'm simplifying massively, but the the thinking is basically that 
when you hit that point socially, the old monsters were not capable of accurately dealing with the problems people were having. So things like vampires and werewolves didn't really cut it anymore once you'd had, like, Passchendaele. And his work is often associated with the fear of the unknown. Yeah, yeah, that's what his work is is about, um, about grappling with things that are unknowable, which is I, I sort of why it differs from... Um, from gothic fiction, like if you like in gothic fiction, like ghosts sort of like they represent something like a ghost is something that's like it's it's repressed, but you you don't want to have to deal with it, but you know it's there. It's a horror of like recognizing something that you didn't want to talk about. Whereas with Lovecraft, the the creatures in Lovecraft, the sort of the point of them is that this is something that is incomprehensible, and I, I'm trying to grapple with something that I can't, my worldview cannot actually accommodate. And what would you say is his most famous, I guess, creature? That would be Cthulhu. Can you tell us about Cthulhu? Cthulhu is a big green squid dragon man, <laughs> and he lives in a, an island, and he watches some tombs, and if you wake him up, he'll eat you. But then if you ram a boat into him, he'll go back to sleep. Okay, well, thank you, Richie. In Ghostwire Tokyo, as you've seen in the presentation and the trailer, people disappear into thin air. Mm. And I googled vanishing people and Japan, and something interesting popped up. Oh. Yeah, I don't know how relevant it is to the game necessarily, but it's like the thing that pops up when you Google those two terms together. So maybe maybe there's a relevance. But... Um, Apparently, there are hundreds of thousands of people in Japan who vanish without a trace. Yeah. And those people orchestrate their own disappearance due to shame. They're basically driven underground because of things like divorce, job loss, uh, debt, or failing in school. Right. And there's a book called The Vanished, The Evaporated People of Japan in Stories and Photographs. And in that book, a journalist and photographer are on a quest to learn stories of the johatsu. And that's what uh, the evaporated people are called. Right. And basically, uh, the book makes its way through like a Tokyo neighborhood so notorious for its petty criminal activities that it was literally erased from the maps. Reprogramming camps for subpar bureaucrats and businessmen to become better employees. Uh, there's also the charmless citadel of Toyota City with its iron grip on its employees. There's also the suicide cliffs of Tajimbo patrolled by a man fighting to save the desperate. And the desolation of Fukushima in the aftermath of the tsunami. Yeah. And there's another thing. There's a movie called A Man Vanishes. I haven't seen it, but it sounds like a mockumentary that tackles the same phenomenon. Right. So, like, I don't know if, like, that was a bit of inspiration behind people vanishing, but made into supernatural, but who knows? It it might be. Okay. The trailer shows a location at some point that looks like a Shinto shrine. Yeah, it shows a Tori gate, and then the Tori gate splits into, like, it, it 
starts doubling and tripling up and makes like a a, a like corridor out of Tory yeah. gates. Yeah. Could you talk uh, briefly about what Shinto is? Shinto is um, it's not uh, it's like it would be called a religion, but it's not really a religion. It's it's a um series of animistic beliefs that are sort of the indigenous beliefs of Japan, I guess you would say it was. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, it's not really a religion because there's not like the Pope of Shinto or anything like that. It's it's just a series of um, like sort of local ideas about animism. Okay, cool. Thank you, Richie. And uh, as you mentioned, Tori Gates were shown in the trailer. Yeah. And uh, a Tori is a traditional Japanese gate that indicates a presence of a Shinto shrine. Yeah, it's um, you. You go. The idea is you go through the Tori gate, and that's like you're going from the the. Um, you're going somewhere sacred when you go through the gate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've like crossed the threshold. Hmm. And also, there are different types of Tori gates. These ones looked like his and Tori. Yeah. I'm not sure what the significance of that would be, but I'm guessing maybe they're representing like a real life location in the trailer. And uh, later we see a row of Tori, and that's also a real thing. Yeah. There are locations you can find online as well. And oh, and. Um, Onabe is a person from the server I mentioned above, and they're, like, super nice, and they helped me by answering some questions that I had about the trailer and stuff like that. Yeah. I asked them if there's a special significant to Tori Gates or row of Tori, and they answered with, Tori Gates are supposed to be doors into a sacred world, something beyond natural. I think the Tori rows are just because people who had some business used to pay a Tori as a present to the gods to get luck in their business. So when a lot of people started buying, they started making corridors of Tories. Because I was really curious, like, what does a row of Tori mean? You know what game is inspired by Tori Gates? Uh, What game is inspired by Tori? Star Fox. Really? How so? Yeah. Because when you go through the long corridors of Tory Gates, that was like the idea that sort of started off Star Fox. Because he, Miyamoto, had the idea of like there was a fox shrine, and he's like, "Oh, if you were a fox, and you were like flying through this corridor, and that's where Star Fox came from." Oh, that's cute. Thank you, Richie. That was very informative. <laughs> Thank you, Brutus. <laughs> Thank you, Cthulhu. <laughs> So another thing we see in the trailer is um, Vengeful Spirit. What part in the trailer are you talking about? Um, later in the trailer where there's a red lily that transforms into a lady. Didn't it turn into ramen? So in the trailer, a red lily transforms into what looks like some sort of a spirit. Oh my god! Tell everyone what you just did. You've opened... The Ghostway trailer on a website called Watch Together that syncs up YouTube across different browsers. Mm-hmm. And you were saying, oh, there's a, there's a red lily, it turns into a thing, so I went on the timeline to where the red lily is and pressed play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what happened? You got startled. It was very loud. That's not my fault. Bully. 
So in the tra- I muted. You can watch it. I muted it on my end. Oh, thank you. So you see the red lily? Yeah. Red spider lily? Transforms yeah. into... Looks like an Onrio. No, no, looks like noodles, like you said. What I meant was that the Onrio's name is Noodles. <laughs> okay, so... Oh, a quick side note. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nihongo Johnny, you know Johnny. He's a creator yeah. on YouTube um, who talks about all things paranormal in Japan. Yeah. And he has a really cool video on Onrio. I'll link it in the description below. Okay. I highly recommend it. It's very, very good. Okay. And his whole channel is very, very good. Yes. Okay. So, Anonrio is a vengeful spirit who can kill or harm the living and can cause natural disasters. Yes. And they do it to get revenge for being wronged while they were alive. Yeah. And some of the most popular Onryo in Japanese horror are, I think, Sadako and Kyako from The Ring and the Grudge. Yes. And there's a, there's a very well-known... Uh, story, but I've forgotten what she's called in that. But it's about uh, uh, the someone's uh, the wife of, of someone who wants to marry someone else, and he disfigures her, and then she reappears as a as an onrio. Isn't that like an old story? It's a very old story. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know the yeah. one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, and you know what else I found out recently? What? Like, you know, I don't really play fighting games anymore, but I like to look up fatalities. And so I stumbled on an audio. This is, like, this is when you're like, oh, I love watching death compilations in game. You know, I, don't need, I just want to watch people die. I'm a little concerned. There is a point to this, Richie. Just ignore your concern and listen to me. All right. Okay. So I stumbled upon uh, somebody performing fatalities in the new Killer Instinct. Right. And guess what? Uh, did they? I don't know. They were an Onryo. Okay. There's an Onryo in Killer Instinct. Her name is Hisako. Right. I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> And in popular media, uh, Andrea are usually represented as girls or women with, like, white robes and black hair, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. And yeah, in the trailer, we see a glimpse of somebody wearing, like, white robes, and they seem to have long black hair. Yep. Yeah. So we think it's an Andrea. And she's got, um, she looks like she has very long, like, kind of, like, skeleton fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Good observation, Richie. And in the trailer, it's a red spider lily that transforms into her. Yep. And the person from before, Onabe, uh, they sent me a really interesting link about red spider lilies that I will paste to you. Okay. And the link leads to a guide to flower symbolism. Yeah. Can you read some of the stuff that is said about the flower? says that they usually bloom near cemeteries, and they're associated with death because of that. Mm-hmm. And it says that the name they have in Japan is Higanbana, and that is the name of... Hang on. It's the name of one of the banks of the river Sanzu, mm-hmm. which is a... It's an important river in the, like, Japanese sort of underworld. Um, 
it's like where people it's like a, a river of life and death mm-hmm. if you've played Metal Gear Solid 3, the fight with the Sorrow takes place in what's supposed to be the River Sanzu. Right. And if you've played Bloodborne, the the fishing hamlet, the bank, the, the area that you walk along at the beginning, the pathway, that's patterned after the, the sides of the River Sanzu, where they the idea being that the there are um there are like wandering souls there that are stacking those those pebbles on top of each other mm-hmm. as like a like an offering yeah and uh, it says here that the the spider lilies are described as um they're said to grow in hell and they guide the dead to their next reincarnation and they're used in funerals mm-hmm. it says that the scent of the lily can it uh, brings back, like, when the dead uh, smell the lily, the scent of it brings back all their memories uh, from before they died for one last time, and then they disappear into the, the River Sanzu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Richie. And uh, Onabe also brought up Hanakotoba, which is, like, the Japanese meaning behind flowers. Yeah. And red spider lily also means never to meet again, lost memory, and abandonment. Yeah. And so before they brought all of this up, I didn't know the meaning of a red spider lily, but it's like, like knowing all that information now and seeing it transform into a vengeful spirit, like, makes sense. Yeah. And another thing we see in the trailer is a honey mask. And I asked Mai, and she confirmed that this is clearly a deliberate reference to a Hanya mask. Yeah, yeah. And these masks are used in traditional Japanese theater. Yeah. And I looked up some info on them, and they're really interesting, because I didn't really know much about them before. And so I'm going to read you some excerpts. (laughs) Okay. So... A book called Japanese Tattoo History, Culture, and Design says that horned hanya masks are depicted in different colors. The white ones are for upper-class characters, while red variations are for lower-class characters or true demons. Right. And the mask we see in the trailer is white. Yeah. Could you read the second excerpt that I posted? Okay. The hanya mask is often described as dangerous and erotic, but also as sorrowful and tormented, displaying the complexity of human emotions. The skilled actor learns to master the way in which shadows play on the surface of the no mask. Um, no is the, the theatre we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And how subtle movements can bring about rapid changes in the emotions in the otherwise fixed physical features of the mask. So... When the the mask is carved in such a way that if you're staring directly ahead and the light is on you, it looks like this horrible, terrifying face. But then if you tilt your head in a certain ang- uh, angle, because of the way the light plays off it, the expression of the mask can change. Mm-hmm. And it says that um, it is the face of a woman who has broken the spell, the face of a woman who knows that the king is naked, and a woman who has committed an irrevocable mistake. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I, I sent you a image from the game Neo, mm-hmm. which some people 
probably have played who are listening to this because it was marketed as like a Souls-like yeah. game. And there is a boss in that who is a, a woman with a, a Hanya mask. Mm-hmm. It's very She's spooky. an ogre. Yeah. 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 And do you know what else you're reminding me of right now? What? Remember Hexadecimal? No. From what, Reboot? the code? What? Oh, no, no. What? From Reboot? No. Have you never seen I, Reboot? That's like two episodes of Reboot. Are you for real? Weren't we supposed to do yes. a whole podcast on Reboot? I thought you were legit. Well, if we were doing it, I would have watched it beforehand. <sighs> okay, just let me- bring the surprise Reboot test on me. <laughs> okay, I'm sure you know her. I, I guess. And you know, instead of like talking or whatever, I think her face is always like a mask and then it just changes or switches. Yeah. Like sometimes the mask's angry, like this. Oh, like the Quintessons. Oh, and I have one last reference from mm-hmm. Renyo and the Roots of Modern Japanese Buddhism. Yeah. And it talks about how the Hanya mask typically expresses a deep seated grudge or resentment. Yeah. And when a female character feels enmity, resentment, or jealousy. Also, it says that the horns bear the truth of a loathsome mindset of self-attachment or self-righteousness. Do you think it's significant that one of the horns is broken? Well, that's my next note. Yeah. In the yeah. trailer, the mask has one of the horns broken. Mm. I wonder if it means, like, one of the horns is broken, therefore it's the opposite of everything we just said. Well, the character in the trailer has their head tilted at the angle that makes the mask look like it's crying. Mm. Like, looking at the trailer, instinctively I thought they were a bad guy, but now I don't know. You know, there might be another monster hunter or whatever. Well, I think it is just like a a person, because they've got normal-looking human hands. It just looks like they're wearing a yeah. mask. Yeah. yeah. And they've got, like, this belt kind of sash thing on. Mm-hmm. Like, they look like they're in, like... Maybe that's the character you play as, I don't know. I think you could play as a couple of characters, so maybe it is okay. one of them, yeah. Um, That's actually one of the things I want to ask you after we watch the trailer. Okay. Okay. So now the title, Ghostwire Tokyo. Yep. So a few days ago, I asked you about something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it was somewhat of a leap, uh, much like this game, they mentioned the occult, so explain Lovecraft. <laughs> you know, Ghostwire Tokyo, when I saw the title, I'm like, do they mean like ghost wire therefore ghost machine ghost in the machine i don't know so i asked you if you you gave yourself the stupid voice there that wasn't me mocking you i always give myself the stupid voice what are you talking about (laughs) um so can you tell us what ghost in the machine meant originally and how it's used today i guess okay well ghost in the machine is a it's like a pithy kind of um, description of the Descartes' philosophy of mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Descartes, there's a thing called Cartesian dualism, the idea being that like there's the mind and the body and they're kind of separate things. Mm-hmm. The mind sort of inhabits it and then 
a sort of pithy way to describe that is like we are all like a ghost, the mind in a machine, the body, and they're separate kind of things. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, so a human is a is a ghost in a machine, and then that is like because it, it sounds cool. Basically, it's been used a lot um, to talk about like um, sort of malevolent artificial intelligences and things like that. All right, thank you, Richie. Do you have any guesses as to why it's called Ghostwire Tokyo? I know so little about this that when I saw it was called Ghostwire Tokyo, I thought, oh, this must be the latest in the Ghostwire series and is set in Tokyo. Hmm. Well, maybe. But uh, no, it is just, well, surely you would have found out if there was another Ghostwire game. During your research, <laughs> maybe it's like uh, an undercover thing, you know, like it's going to be a surprise, right? <laughs> no, yeah, my guess for the title, I think it's like supernatural, but something to do with technology. So they're trying to express that it's set in like the mo- or possibly near future, from what we've seen. Yeah, yeah. So it would be like using like I'm assuming that you're like using modern or near future technology to fight against this ghost menace. Yeah. Yeah. And also like the 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 character in the mask, there's all these people floating behind them. It's very death stranding. Well I'm guessing those are like maybe the people who got snatched. Thank you, Richie. So now we're gonna look at the trailer. Okay. Okay. Can you describe to us what you're seeing? Lots of pedestrians in Tokyo. Would you say it's present-day Tokyo? It's present or near-future Tokyo. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, this reminds me of the first Resident Evil movie. Yeah. Where people walk around and then they start getting beaten in the crowd. Oh, is, do you mean there's one that it's not the first one, but like they stage a, a fake outbreak in like a fake Tokyo? Oh, is it? It's not the first one. Okay, maybe it's not the first one. It's I one just, of the, but it's yeah. it's one of those things that they just it happens and they're like, oh, it didn't really happen. It was a simulation, just oh. as an excuse to put it in the trailer. Okay, maybe. Like I just remember that there's a lot of people walking. Yeah. Um, and then one of them, I think a lady, is a zombie, and then she starts biting people or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what it reminds me of. But it yeah. wasn't in the first one? No, I don't... Well, oh. it might have been. In the, they're, they're all very, very similar. <laughs> okay. Spoilers. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have anything to add about this particular scene? No. I'm guessing this is like a real place in Tokyo that they've modeled. I think so, too. Okay, so here we're in a metro. Yep. Does anything like jump out at you here? Um, they did a good job making all the people look distinct. They're not copying and pasting the same models. I agree. I think this trailer was just overall amazing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure this is just meant to be as mundane as possible. I agree with that. I actually really, really agree with the whole thing. It's just like a normal day and everybody's just going about their business. But um, I do think if you listen with volume that there's like 
sounds that are like cell phone sounds or whatever. Or like beep boop beep boop sounds, you know? Yeah. I don't know, that jumped out at me. Do you think that's the wire? The ghost wire? <laughs> Maybe. That like ghosts that that somehow using like wireless like Wi-Fi or something. Maybe, because, I don't know, because the sounds, if you listen, they're, like, I get that they're technology sounds, but it's, like... Yeah. Like, I feel like it's supposed to be significant. Yeah. So, maybe. Maybe the ghosts are, like, um... Oh, what's that one I'm thinking of? Fatal Frame, where it's, like, ghosts in what? cameras. In Fatal Frame, where they're, like, connected oh, to Oh, Fatal cameras. Frame? Okay, maybe. But I'm thinking of yeah. One Missed Call, where I think if you, yeah. like miss a call, a ghost comes to get you or something? Or is it that you miss a call? Or like, I forget. It's honestly, it's one of my favorite movies, but I haven't seen it in so long. <laughs> it's by Takashi Miike. And like, if you miss a call, or if the ghost calls you, you die like a few days later. The ring. <laughs> no. K- kind of, but like with cell phones instead of tapes, I guess. The ring tone? <laughs> the ring tone, maybe. Um, have have you seen those smartphones? <laughs> they don't seem so smart to me. <laughs> okay, so let's keep looking. Okay, here um, we see umbrellas and stuff. Yep. So I guess it's later in the day because, or it's somewhere else. So it's either later in the day or somewhere else because there was no rain before. Okay. <laughs> I'm just making an observation. Yep, yep. <laughs> Why? Why are you laughing at me? Why are you bullying? It's just like, let's analyze these shots that are intended to be as mundane as possible. Well, you know what? This... Okay, okay. You want to know something? Okay. Okay, this may sound very stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway because I've said stupider mm-hmm. things. And mm-hmm. so have you. Yeah, definitely. You know how in the beginning we see people who just go about their day? Yeah. Like, from this shot, I'm getting the complete opposite. Like, it almost feels to me like everybody's just, like, moving with purpose somewhere. And, like, the umbrellas seem almost like this, like, ceremonial getup or something. I don't know. Just looking at this, it's like it spoops me. You know? Okay. Yeah. Japanese movies like umbrellas, I've noticed. Yeah? Yeah, I've just noticed in a lot of Japanese cinema, they just tend to like shots of umbrellas. I went to film school. (laughs) What have you got to say for yourself? In Japan, umbrellas. Thank you. Go directly to grad school. (laughs) Oh, Richie, did you know? um, Back in university, I actually took a class uh, that was... um, I forget what it was called, but it was something like philosophy and Japanese cinema of the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, okay. I did not know that. Yeah. 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 It was a really cool class. I really yeah, liked it. Yeah. I was, I was not able to take that, but I would have if it were available. Oh. I remember that's the first time I watched. Oh, what's that movie? Female Prisoner 701, Scorpion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we watched a bunch of movies, and they were all very, like, interesting and deep. Okay. Some of them were, like... There was this one that was, like, it really creeped me out. It's about a man, and 
I don't know if he gets kidnapped or just falls into a hole, but there's a little house in the hole and he can't get out. And there's a woman there and he has to like marry that woman now and live with her. Have you seen it? Uh, no. We should, we should cover these in a separate podcast. Okay. Okay, we should do one on Japanese cinema. Okay. Okay, so back to the, uh, back to the Ghostwire trailer. Yeah. Okay, about this shot, there's something interesting here. If you look on the upper right corner, there's like, um, a poster of a man in a t-shirt. With jeans? Yes. Yep. Yeah, that t-shirt. Right. So it's cute they put it in there. Okay, so here, um, if you look on the Oh, upper, oh yeah. I think this yeah. establishes the date, because it's got 2020, 716 in the background. So it'd prob- yeah, it's probably set in 2020. Yeah, and some people said yeah. that this is the release date. They speculate that uh, it's okay. going to be released yeah. in next year, around this time. Yeah. 2027-16. Good. Yeah. Good observation, Richie. And to the left of that, there's another poster. Well, it says, like, multiverse, and then it's got special live. Is it, like, a performance? Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, a performance of something, but I wonder if this is, like still reference to what's going to happen in the game. No, but do you think that's, like, that's part of the plot, that, like, there's some performance that goes on and that, like, that's capturing people through digital technology? Like something that's being broadcast. Oh, I see. Maybe. That's a good one. (laughs) I was just thinking of Pat Labor. Because in the first Pat Labor movie, the the plot is that there's a um it's not supernatural at all but it's like mm-hmm. they're able to send machines berserk using a certain sound frequency and isn't that another thing we'll have to watch for it can't be helped well it's by the guy who did the ghost in the shell movie so there's some there's some connection there i guess excellent yeah okay Okay, but here, um, I want you to look at this scene and tell me what you think. It's a bunch of people at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then the lights all go off. Yeah, so you know the lights go off, but nobody seems to notice? Right. So I wonder if it's, like, normal, or if this is just, like, a trailer effect. Well, if it's ghost wire, then it might be something to do with technology, like haunted technology. Yeah, but my problem is nobody went like, oh my god, the lights are turning off and turning red. Like, everybody's just like, boom. Well, they, they turned off pretty quickly, so maybe they didn't, they didn't notice yet. Okay, look. The lights go off, and they don't even notice. So either they're expecting it to go off, yeah. or it's like not part of... This is like a like a metaphor or whatever, you know, or a trailer okay. effect or whatever. Okay. But like if the lights are expected to go off, there's either like a show or something that's going to start, right? Yeah. Or it's just like a very creepy time they live in where like lights go off for no reason. But do you think that's connected to the like live performance multiverse thing? Well, I'm starting to like maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Okay, you may press play. Thank you. <laughs> so you see there's, oh, yeah, the... there's the... Yeah, the multiverse things there again. Yeah. Uh, multiverse Travels Special Live World Tour 2020 in Japan, and I can't read the rest. Okay. Okay, so the people have disappeared. Yeah. So here, I don't know if it's significant, but all people don't disappear at once, you know? Yeah. It yeah. takes at least two tries. And another thing that I found spooky, you know how everybody's disappeared? Yeah. But what do you see at, like, the center of the image? The mannequin. Yeah. 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 That's very ghost in the shell. Yeah? Yeah. How so? Of course, throughout Ghost in the Shell, there's this whole thing where, like, the Major is relating to her body in different ways, and there's these scenes where she's, like, comparing herself to a mannequin. Oh, I see. Oh, hang on, we we can read. It's okay. It's easier to read now. Hang okay. On. Let's open this. In. Uh... It says multi-dome. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, live 2020 at the Tokyo multi-dome. So there we go. What's a multi-dome? Let's see. Is that a real thing? Maybe it's to do with the Tokyo Olympics. Oh, it's true. The Olympics are in 2020, right? Yeah. I know that from Akira. Really? Yeah, Akira predicted Tokyo would have the Olympics in 2020. Yay! Okay, it says here it's a multi-purpose entertainment and leisure facility. Interesting. But that's for that's from a video game. Oh, here it says, okay, Tokyo Dome is a stadium in uh, Bunkyo, Tokyo, Japan. Construction of the stadium began on May 16, 1985, and it opened right. on March 17, 1988. Right. Well, do you think it's like their version of the Tokyo Dome, and they don't want to call it that for legal reasons, so they have to say, oh, it's the multi-dome? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. Or maybe there is a lower reason to call it. Maybe, like... We'll find out that it used to be called the Tokyo Dome, but something happened and they called it something else. Maybe. Mick Jagger was the first international act to play in the Tokyo Dome in March 22nd and 23rd, 1988. Bon Jovi followed suit and played at the Tokyo Dome on December 31st, 1988. Hmm. Do you think we're going to meet any celebrities in Ghostwire Tokyo? They could get around it by having you just encounter a pile of clothes. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this looks like something Mick Jagger would wear. <laughs> Those are Lady Gaga's shoes. <laughs> mm. You know the shoes I'm thinking of? No. Remember Bad Romance? No. Uh, it's it's worth it. Trust me, it's worth it. Look at those shoes. Dear God. <laughs> I told you it was worth it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Play. So 
so here uh, we see like an empty bus. And the question is, who's still driving the bus? Maybe no one's driving the bus. Like, wouldn't it slow down if nobody's driving it? Because nobody's pressing the gas pedal. Maybe it has cruise control. Okay. Um, do you notice anything significant about the bus? It's it's in like a looks like a rural area. <laughs> like it's not in the middle of Tokyo. Yeah, so like people are disappearing everywhere. Yeah. Interesting. And then the next shot, it's sad because it's like yeah. a dog all alone. Yeah. But also it shows us that not everyone disappeared. Yeah. What is the structure behind the dog? Is this the dome? That's what I was thinking it looks like. No, yeah, that that might be the multi-dome, because it looks very, very significant and futuristic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and here, people have disappeared as well. Yeah. But I find it interesting that it's like, you see the cars, the doors are open. Yeah. So that could mean that, like... Someone was driving, and they saw people disappear around them, so they stopped or whatever, got out of the car, and disappeared themselves. But I think what it shows is, again, people are not disappearing with one go. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder why, you know? Yeah, Migdala. <laughs> it can't snatch everybody at once. <laughs> They're busy. <laughs> There's only so many. Okay. But here, what do we see, Richie? Someone didn't disappear and they're slumped over and they don't know what's happened. Oh my god, somebody didn't disappear! Yeah. I wonder if they will disappear later or if they're here to stay. There's another multiverse poster there as well. Oh, nice. On the right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Do you know why I'm laughing? Why are you laughing? Because the villains in Resident Evil are called Umbrella. And now Shinji Mikami's making a new game. And the villains all have umbrellas. <laughs> That's amazing. What does he have against umbrellas? <laughs> okay, but Richie, did you see what happened? There are these yeah, people they, in, like, black suits. Um, and they have the weird hands. Yeah, like they have the, weird hands that kind of looks like tentacles or something. Yeah. Tentacle fingers. Yeah. And then the one yeah. in the back is like... And then the guy disappears. So you think that these these things are, like, wandering around, like, snatching people. And you can't normally see them. I think they're here to finish the job. I don't think they made everyone disappear. Do you think that they were the people with the black umbrellas early on? They're, like, mingling with people using the umbrellas to hide who they are. Interesting. You know, that could be it. I like that. I actually like that, yeah. But I'm not sure. That's a good point. I don't know if, like, early in the trailer you can't see them and they're just, like, pointing at people and people are disappearing. Or that people are disappearing through some other mechanism, and they're sort of here to finish the job, you know? Right. So tell me, did you get a Lovecraft feel from this uh, scene? Um, no, especially. I was thinking, like, X-Files-y stuff, maybe. 
Or like Buffy. You know how we played that game recently? The Lovecraft game. What's it called? Call of Cthulhu. Oh my god. Was it really called Call of Cthulhu? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> it's okay. I'm allowed. I'm on vacation. Okay. I've been drinking. I've been eating. Yeah. <laughs> how did I forget that it's called Call of Cthulhu? <laughs> okay. So. It's giving me a Call of Cthulhu game, but set today, yeah. you know? Okay. Yeah, like, I mean, look at the fingers. It's like, yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I feel like it's a fair assessment to say that some Lovecraftian elements may be present in the game in some shape, way, or form. Yeah, it seems It seems like uh, it's weird inflected. Yeah, and we're told that there are elements of the occult in the game, so, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think of when you think of occult, Richie? The occult shield from Dark Souls, which was <laughs> designed by a fan who won a contest and it kind of looks like the Xenomorph from Alien. Remember when we did an episode on on I don't know what, and then we came up with the occult nightclub? <laughs> I actually don't remember that. Because we've come up with so much awful crap on this, but like, <laughs> and it's actually in some cave, and it's being guarded by a knight. It's the bouncer. I can't remember what we were talking about. I think we had a guest on that one. Yeah, I, th- I imagine we probably did, and we wasted their time as well as our own. <laughs> okay. Oh, one thing that's really spoopy. Is the way these people walk is like very slow and methodical. Yeah. So I found that really, really creepy. Also, you can the rain is still falling. So this isn't happening. Like I, I was thinking maybe they exist when time has stopped and they snatch people. That's why it happens instantaneously. Oh. But the rain the yeah. rain is still falling and the mist is still blowing. Yeah, so this is right. happening in real time. Yeah. Maybe they show up after, like, you can see that the cars behind them, like, seem to have stopped. So maybe they show up in the aftermath of the people disappearing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be, like, very spooky. Like, you think it's over, right? But no, there's more. Look at that! It's Hawkeye! Woo! Yep. Yeah. It it really is, because everyone just disappeared. Yeah, and it's... Yeah. In the in um Endgame, isn't he like also in Tokyo? Yeah, he becomes Ronin. Kills some Yakuza's or something? In yeah, the rain. He, he, yeah. I haven't seen it. But <laughs> I know I know roughly what happened. Okay. So here we see shadows in what yeah. looks like Metro, I guess. Yeah. And there's like really creepy laughter in the background. Yep. So, do you think the shadows are the things that are emitting the laughter, or the people whose shadows we see on the wall are emitting the laughter, or do you think these people are running away from whatever's laughing? Mm. Oh, look, it's a multiverse um, poster again. Here, this is very like Shadows of Yarn and Mortal Kombat. 
Yeah, and the the hats they have and the sticks they're holding is like looks like the umbrellas that the other people had, so they might be connected. I don't think they look like the umbrellas. I think they look like staffs. No. No, but like the imagery, where like they've in one hand they've got like the the pole, and then they've got the huge straw hat, oh, and it, okay, it okay. looks like the umbrella. Okay, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah. That's... Yeah, I think it's an intentional like callback. Okay. So what do you think uh, they are? Oh. I wonder if they're, like, bad guys, either, like, ghosts or something supernatural, or they're, like, good guys. I guess we'll find out when the game comes out. <laughs> I, yeah, are they bad or good? <laughs> Who knows? Okay. The, the leader, I assume, has a slightly different design on their hat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here is the uh, Tory gates and uh, becoming yeah. into a row of Tory. Yeah. It's very spoopy. I love it. Yeah. And we talked about Tory shrines and Shinto earlier. Yes. Yes. Do you think that they are the gate to a multiverse? Mm. Maybe. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But that would be cool. There's a lot of, like, unnatural-looking blue light around. Yeah. Yeah, same with the, the people in the straw hats. Yeah. So, like, do you think that this is the portal where all these ghost things are coming from? Well, it, it almost seems like that's a normal Tory gate, and then if you do something, like, the time sort of stops and it becomes this gateway to something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And that's when the, the red lily, mm-hmm. red spider lilies appear. Yeah. Do you think that, like, hang on, mm-hmm. let's go back a bit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you, I was going to say, do you think the camera's just moving past them or they're growing? But it looks like they are growing. Like, when they're, like they're growing out of the ground when that happens. Do you know yeah. the feel I'm getting from this trailer? Have you seen Cabin in the Woods? Kuan? Yeah, Kuan as well, but <laughs> have you seen yeah. Cabin in the Woods? No. Okay. Basically, to me, it feels like there's all these type of different, like, ghosts and references that are, for some reason, present in Tokyo right now. Yeah. And someone has to go and, like, put them away. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's how I feel about this trailer. Okay. And you're saying the lilies are growing? Can you go back? Because when I first saw this, I thought, oh, the camera's just moving past where the lilies are. But they but if are you, popping if out you of look, the ground, yeah, yeah, they're growing out of the ground when the Tory gate... So it's like, yeah, the worlds are sort of overlapping. Yeah, exactly. So it's almost yeah. like yeah. gates are open... And here comes the ghost crossing over to our side. And, you know, the lilies, like we talked yeah. about the lilies. So, yeah. Yeah. I really like this transition. I think it's really cool. And yeah, here is the uh, Andrio that we talked about before as well. Yeah. She's got hands like the, the Those people. people with yeah. the umbrellas. Yeah. Yeah. 
do you have anything more to say about this? Um, watch out, it's an Onrio. <laughs> and here is the Hanya mask we talked about before. Not for me, because we're completely out of sync. Oh! <laughs> okay. Okay, I can see it now. And that, that's got the same blue light that we've seen everywhere else. So I'm guessing, like, there's probably two different worlds that you go between and all the ghost action happens in this, like, blue light sort of strange world. It'll be the same set of locations, but you'll go between, like, the normal world and the spirit world. Yeah, like Soul Reaver. Yeah, that would be cool, actually. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess you'd use Tory gates to go between them. Yeah, yeah. Although, like, you see the Tory gate change, like, from the outside. Mm-hmm. So it's probably, like, it shifts by itself, and then you, you do stuff when it's shifted, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this person that we see again, they don't necessarily strike me as a ghost or a monster or a bad guy, you know? No, they, they look like they're wearing, like, combat gear almost. Yeah. Yeah, so I think... Oh, do you know yeah. what? I think it's the per- the person, the Hawkeye person, because they've got, like, um... Oh, you think it's the same person? It looks like around their neck they ah. have, like, a mask that's been pulled down. So I, I guess, like, they have the hood on over their oh, the mask, and then they probably pull it down. But we don't see the horn, though, in the other one. Yeah, Unless... Yeah. Okay, because I was thinking that... I was thinking that you have multiple characters to pick from, to play, and maybe Hawkeye is one of them, and this is another character, and maybe we'll have more options. Maybe the horns the horns grow during the, yeah. the blue thing. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe, like, in one world, you look like one guy, but when you cross over the yeah. gate, you look like another guy. Yeah. So it could be the same person, yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's interesting, but the background with people levitating, it reminds me a lot yeah. of Death Stranding. Yeah. Which I, I, you don't seem to want to do trailer analyses of Death Stranding anymore, even though we finally got one that tells you <laughs> roughly what's happening. I mean, we could if you want. I don't want to. <laughs> like, I was really interested in Death Stranding until I saw the last trailer. Oh! <laughs> I preferred it when it was, like, the weird, incomprehensible trailers, as opposed to, like, now that things seem to make more sense, I'm less interested. You don't want to help rebuild America? <laughs> I don't know. You don't want to meet Die Hard Man? <laughs> the thing that took me back most was the presence of Nicholas Winding Refn in it. Why? Why is he in it? <laughs> I guess it's just become just, like, people Hideo Kojima knows and they're just in this, even if they're not actors. Well, didn't you tell me that he always wanted to make movies or something? Yeah, but, like, I guess he worked with Mads Mikkelsen and then Mads Mikkelsen was like, oh, yeah, he's the guy who directed Valhalla Rising. (laughs) (laughs) He can be in it. (laughs) He's never acted before. <laughs> well, you know, pushing the boundaries. What's another character? There's somebody named Mama, right? Well, Guillermo del Toro's in it as what's he like? What's his name? I can't remember if he's Heart Man or Dead Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, that's sort of what, because Guillermo del Toro is the kind of, like, larger-than-life character who constantly appears on things. Uh-huh. But Nicholas Winding Refn is so weird. <laughs> He's just in it. <laughs> yeah, so you know what? Maybe we should do a trailer analysis. Maybe I'm wrong about it. Maybe my feelings are, like, superficial. I like the idea of this game that is just about getting from point A to point B, however you, like, figure it out. Okay, if that's the game, then yeah. I'm on board. Yeah, that that's of interest to me. Yeah. I don't know what, what role is played by the homo demons. The what demons? The villains are literally called the homo demons. Like a homo sapiens, but instead it's a homo demon? Yes, like a homo sapiens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think maybe the name homo demons. They should have said Kojima-san. That, <laughs> that prefix <laughs> has a very different connotation. <laughs> and maybe you should give them a different name. In, perhaps in the, in the English dub, you should not call the villains homo demons. <laughs> I mean, die hard man, fine. It's clearly a, an evolution of hot cold man. <laughs> the character from Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. That's real, by the way. Peace, Peace Walker, the antagonist of Peace Walker, is literally called Hot Cold Man. And the female lead is called Pacifica Ocean. And she's voiced by Tara Strong, who is Twilight Sparkle on My Little Pony. And it ends with her in her underwear stealing a robot. <laughs> but then the game that immediately follows it has her get horribly vivisected and abused and then a bomb is implanted in her body. Jesus! That then goes off and she graphically explodes on camera and parts of her teeth end up embedded in Snake's head. Holy moly! For real? This is what I mean about yeah about um the series having a very inconsistent tone. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's set in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Richie. Um, that was very informative. <laughs> That'll go on Patreon. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what my muse tells me. Where we left off was that this scene reminded us of Death Stranding. Yeah. And in this scene, we see people levitate, and you mentioned yeah. earlier that it's people who may have disappeared. I'm assuming that's what's happening. That would actually make sense if we take into account the theory that it's the same location, but sort of a different, I guess, world, different realm. Yeah. Yeah. And people disappear in, like, our realm, but in the spirit realm, you can see them um, being, I guess, raptured or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, and here are the noodles you mentioned earlier. So you weren't yeah. totally off. There are noodles in this trailer. Yeah. And I really, really love these noodles. They're beautiful. I knew this would be a thing. What? I knew you would end up fixated on the food <laughs> at some point. You know when something looks realistic? Yeah. But you know when something looks beyond realistic, where it's like extra beautiful, extra smooth, like Horizon Zero Dawn, the environment, it looked like beyond realistic. It was just so, so beautiful. That's yeah. how I feel about these noodles. Right. Do you think they'll be they'll be like noodle eating in game? I hope so. You know, in um in one of Kojima's games called Snatcher, they they have like a special kind of pizza in that world, and they tell you how to make it. Oh yeah! And people have made it in real life and said it's quite good. We should we should have an episode on that where we cook that pizza. Well, it's like cheese pizza that you dunk in soup. Okay. Called Neo Kobe Pizza. Okay, okay. I can get on board with that. So, the noodles, do you see the texture? Like, you can tell they're soft, but they're not, like, soggy or falling apart. I feel like these are the perfect noodles. I feel like you need to do a series of just going over different food in games. <laughs> Maybe. You could Maybe. probably get about two years' worth of content just out of Symphony of the Night. True. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Richie. That was very informative yet again. I love how the noodles fall off the chopsticks. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here, what do you think is happening here? My my honest thought there is that looks a lot like Toothless from How to Train Your Dragon. Like the eyes, the shape of the eyes. Oh no, you're ahead of me. You go back to the computer. Like, it's supposed to be synced. <laughs> okay, computer. Yeah, so what do you think is happening here? Someone's on a computer and then a bunch of people disappeared, I guess. I think this person knows about what's happening and they're trying to find ghosts to sort of get rid of or to exterminate, you know? But they're going to email the ghosts and tell them to cut it out. <laughs> And the ghost's like, haha, I know how to change my IP. You'll never be able to ban me. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But what do you, do you think it's just random? Like somebody's just randomly looking at this word program? The next um, shot is someone like with the thing behind them. So I'm guessing this is just meant to be like an office and someone's being like, Snatched in the office. Or do you know what else it could be? It could be that restaurant from before. That they brought their no, laptop to No, because do you the- bring a keyboard to a restaurant with a effing post-it and a mouse? They brought a laptop. Yeah, I bring laptops with me all the time. Like, one yeah, laptop, okay. but not okay. a mouse, like, a, a keyboard, a post-it. There's, like, another wire in the back, like, your monitor, your TV. Well, who, who knows how much the world will have changed by 2020? You bring your whole setup into a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, that's normal. <laughs> that's normal in the future. <laughs> no, what I think is happening is that 
somebody knows what's going down. So they're somehow trying to figure out where the ghosts are. And they did. And they figured out that a ghost, how to train your dragon, as you mentioned, is attacking a lady. And so they got there. So I think it's like the same person. It's just like a different time slash scene. Well, my, my issue with that is that this does not look like a very good computer. It doesn't say to me this is like a a like anti-ghost strike force with near future technology. That looks like what I'm talking to you on now. Okay, because it's not a strike force. It's like individual people or one okay, person. Okay. Because like there's no strike force against ghosts. Only like individual people know it's going to happen and nobody believes them. Okay. That's why they got to do this on their own. Okay. Okay. So you see there's one laptop, right? And another bigger monitor. Yep. And yep. I wonder if on the monitor they're actually seeing what's happening right now outside. Maybe they're the ones who made the ghosts appear. But I feel like the monitor, the second one, that we only see a little bit of is showing what's outside. Like it doesn't look like a it doesn't look like a program. It looks like there's a light, you know, in the silhouette or something. Yeah, yeah, and no, it's like kind of half scrolled off the screen. Yeah. But it could just be two different windows. Yeah. And then How to Train Your Dragon appears. <laughs> yes. Hang on, you can get, like, one frame of what it looks like, so I might just, like, scrub forward to that and try to get one and send it to you. It looks like a cat. Yeah, it's a little cat. It's very cute. It's a, one of those hairless cats. Yeah. Yeah. But the eyes make me think, like, oh, it's a technology cat, you know? It's a technology cat. <laughs> you need to stop repeating things back to me. We've been over this, bully. No, but I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what you mean. It's like neon lights, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's usually like technology. Okay. No. Okay. Is it just me? Well, tell me if it's, it's just ghost me. I and mean. A, it's a ghost and a wire. It could be both. Yeah, it's a ghost wire, Tokyo. Yeah. It has very big ears. I wonder if it's an actual, like, mythical creature that we just don't know. Well, Japan's got ghost cats. Oh, yeah? Can you tell me about them? Oh, it's just like if the cat, you know, lives long enough, it can, like, become a, like, a spirit cat. So maybe this is actually a cat that found its owner, and it's like, hi, owner, and then that a-hole kills it. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. It's a sad game. So this is what I find interesting, is that uh, the character shot the cat, and then they did something that makes me think of Kuan, where they maybe, like, purified the area or something. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. And they're by the Tory gate when yeah. it happens. Yeah. Do you think it's like you get those zones of blue light with ghosts in them and then you have to, like, remove the ghosts to fix the area up? That's what the the red aura is. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. What kind of gameplay do you think this will have? Well, you seem to have a bow and arrow. 
So I'm guessing it's like some kind of third-person action game. Mm-hmm. And you defeat ghost cats by shooting them with your bow and arrow. Yeah, I tend to agree. Do you think it's going to be an open-world game? Uh, I guess it's set in Tokyo. So it's probably like those zones of ghost activity kind of pop up around Tokyo and you have to deal with them. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be open-world the same way those Batman games were open-world, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or, like, I guess the way Infamous is open world. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be skill trees and stuff like that? I I don't know. My prediction is that there's going to be something, like upgrades, new weapons, whatever, but nothing that's, like, complicated, like Neo. Right. Something that will be, like, comfortable, you know? I'm just going to get the shot from the end and put the carrot, like, change the lighting level so I can get a look at the character's face. Okay. And do you think there's going to be a character creator? Or do you think we're going to have to pick from multiple characters? Or do you think it's a fixed character? I think the way that they foregrounded the character in this makes me feel like you probably have to play as a certain person. Yeah? Yeah. I feel like there's going to be some choice. Yeah. And what do you think about boss fights? Well, there's a giant cat. Yeah, but it was killed pretty easily in the trailer. Maybe that just gets the cat's attention. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Do you think it's going to be more about fighting ghosts or about protecting people? I don't know. Because it'd be interesting if it were more about, like, not necessarily fighting, like, killing the ghosts, but the the focus was on stopping people being snatched, even if you didn't get, like, didn't actually, like, defeat anything. Yeah, that would be cool. And yeah. the feel I got yeah. after watching this trailer, for some reason, was infamous. And in yeah. infamous, I think you can, like, rescue people yeah. who are hurt. I think you can either, like, choose to drain their energy or, like, resurrect them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just realized we missed this because when we were flicking through, the the tentacle hand people actually make people disappear. I literally told you, look at this guy, he makes the guy behind him disappear. It's because we're out of sync with each other. Oh my god, why did you think I was telling you, oh, maybe after people disappear, these guys are there to finish the job. Okay, hang on, I okay, I've, I can re- I can redeem myself. Okay. You know how you were saying, like, there's creepy laughter and people running. Who do you think it is? Yeah. The shadows that are running have skirts. Oh. So I think it's meant to be, like, a group of creepy girls. Oh, I see. Okay. Thank you, Richie. You have redeemed yourself. Do you know how I told you I get the feel that all these different ghosts and things are in our world and we have to get rid of them or send them back or whatever? Yeah. Do you get that feel? Yes, yeah, I think that's fair. Oh, and another reason why I thought this was, like, Lovecraft-inspired. You want to know why? Why? Okay. Now you're going to feel really silly about giving me crap in the beginning. Are you ready for this? Okay, what did the character say? Don't fear the unknown. Attack it. 
that combined with those weird people that cast spell on people with their squiggly fingers and combined with the occult like really you're not you're gonna tell me you watched this entire trailer and lovecraft did not pop into your head not really oh my god oh my you're being me right now you know what you're being you're being me when i'm like i don't want to admit the fit i'm like oh not really if i don't oh what do you mean? Lovecraft didn't invent the idea of fear of the unknown, though. Tell me then, who invented the idea of fear of the unknown? Was well, it just a natural instinct? But if you don't understand something, it's sort of off-putting. Okay, Richie, how about this? Let me Google fear <laughs> the unknown. Let me Google fear the unknown on Google. The first thing that pops up. Fear of the unknown, uh, fearof.net, which is an index of fears. <laughs> Seven ways to overcome your fear of the unknown. Okay, how about fear of the unknown occult? <laughs> how about we put this exact Lovecraft quote in? Oh, look what's the top one. Uh, suggested search suggestions. We've got fear of the unknown anxiety, fear of the unknown philosophy... Uh, facing fear of the unknown, fear of the unknown Wikipedia, fear of the unknown synonyms. Fear of the unknown occult Lovecraft. <laughs> fear of the unknown occult Lovecraft. Oh, okay. look, the first result is H.P. Lovecraft. Well, I told you. I sure showed you, didn't I? <laughs> No, the first result is Lovecraft Fear of the Unknown featuring Guillermo del Toro, Star of Death Stranding. <laughs> so it's all come full circle. <laughs> I'm going for two hours. This is, this is as long as the Elden Ring thing was originally. So I guess the finished product will be about an hour, 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Richie. That was a discussion of Ghostwire Tokyo, a game that is coming out soon, maybe. We don't know anything about it. <laughs> Visit patreon.com Sinclair Law, mm-hmm. and for a very low donation per month, you can access <laughs> the things that were removed from this because they weren't very good. As well as other things that were removed from other podcasts because they weren't very good. (laughs) If you stumbled upon this Ghostwire trailer analysis without knowing anything about the channel, and you've made it this far, well done. (laughs) I'm sorry, but they are all like this. If you could stand sitting through that, why not check out our analysis of Elden Ring? An even shorter trailer that showed off even less. Richie, let me correct you on one thing, though. They're not all like this. This one was a very good one that was very on point. They're usually a lot worse. (laughs) Yeah. 